Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the 307 RPG podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. Hi, I'm Zach. I suppose I don't have to say good morning anymore since we're not going to be streaming the show anymore. I mean, it could still be good morning. I mean, it could be. It depends on, yeah, what what time you're listening. So should I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening? Yeah, it's the Truman Show. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Oh. All right, so as we did last last time, uh, first off, Happy New Year's, you guys. We survived. Did you guys do anything fun? Um, usher in 2022? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either, Zach. Yeah, we um, we watched uh, Murder Ahoy, a Miss Marple movie. That was my New Year's Eve. I've never heard of this. How was it? It's good. Um, it's the only Miss Marple thing I'd ever watched. I don't but... even know what Miss Marple is. Oh, it's like an Agatha Christie detective. Oh, okay. You know, uh, like a uh, murder she wrote. Yes, that's Miss. That's Miss Marple. Just okay. Like the Miss, yeah, murder she wrote is just Miss Marple stories, but told in Massachusetts. Whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. So my uh, wife and I, we spent the evening watching the new Matrix movie, which we enjoyed. I won't say it was amazing. I won't say it was the greatest movie I've ever seen. It definitely, as we discussed yesterday, felt like a, a fuck you to Warner Brothers. <laughs> um, but it was good. It was enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember when I first watched The Matrix and I was like, wow, this movie is incredible. And maybe it's because it's been done and I knew what to expect, but it was good. That's, that's all I'll say. It was good. Uh, we were supposed to, there was a couple, we had several friends ask us, hey, what are you doing for New Year's? We should get together. And, and I'm like, yeah, just let me know. And yeah, well, nobody let me know, which was fine because it was so cold. <laughs> it was so It was cold. kind of one of those oh. things. Of, it was just best to stay indoors. It, it, it was. was. Yeah. I was worried that my car wouldn't start yesterday. That's how cold it got. So our friend Zane is back in town. Uh, he's back oh, until this Friday. And he had texted me last week. We've been trying. We've been playing tag all last couple of weeks to get together. He texted me last week because him and I five years ago, six years ago, did the polar jump, the polar bear jump at Lake DeSmit. So he's like, yeah. are you doing it this year? I'm home. We should do it together. And I'm like, OK, sure. Well, then we had, of course, the two of the three of us met yesterday. And then I got to looking at the weather and I'm like, I'm just going to pretend like this didn't happen. And let's see if Zane texts me. And he never did. So and I'm kind of glad because it was like negative two at that point. And I just, uh, no thanks. All right. So <laughs> as we did at the last show of 2021, we changed our format. So we're no, we did not talk about the news. We just moved straight into our topic of the week. So you're going to see some changes as we move through 2022. Uh, we're going to be focusing more time on each game that we're talking about instead of the giving like 30 minutes. So we'll be taking each week and going through and looking at different parts of the game. So each month, then we'll have a theme. To kick us off, we decided to take a look at the ridiculous game, and I say ridiculous in a very good way, of Merc Borg. And we're attempting to say this correctly. We're probably butchering it, or at least I am because you two haven't spoken. So this week or this month, we are going to be looking at the game Merkborg from Freely. We'll be looking at the game as a whole, which is what we'll be doing today. And then next week, we may look at character creation and an encounter. And then the week after that, our friend Zach Goins has a Kickstarter for Merkborg coming out soon. So he's going to come on the show and tell us about that Kickstarter. And that should just about get us close to the end of January, where we'll be, you know, looking at this entire game. And then the next month, we'll be finally diving deep into the game of Tolis, which Nolan has been sitting on probably as a booster seat because it's so big for the last couple of months. So that is the plan moving forward. So big changes for 307 RPG. Going to be focusing more on these games that we've been talking about and spending less time looking at the news. Now, that being said, if something big comes up, we will be diving into that. And that could be our, our whole show. So we'll just see what happens. But for now, let's talk about Merc Borg. Because, wow. You, <laughs> I don't even... It's it's funny. I, I have to laugh because... You know what? I'll shut up. Well, Zach, let's start with you. Just first thoughts initially when you first looked at the PDF or the book, whichever one you have. What was your first thoughts as you looked at this? It's kind of daunting, actually. Okay. I actually think that that's something that needs to be addressed is that like the moment you open up the book and you just have like these 
bright neon highlighter yellow pages with black text detailing all the different ways that your character like dies that that's fair and like this is i think this is a legit aspect of the book that needs to be discussed is its layout it's great it's really easy to read as a pdf and as a book but if you're not expecting it if you're not ready for it you might just open the first two pages and be like I'm not reading a whole book of this nonsense. So as, as so we, of course we were chatting a little bit before the show and Nolan, I'm going to throw it to you in just a second. So we can talk about this in particular. I had a, I had a realization and I don't know if you guys thought about this. It's, <laughs> it's like pulling out the CD, the jacket of your CD that you just bought and unfolding it. It's like the inside of a CB, CD or an album cover or something like that. And that's exactly what I was looking at when Nolan talked about the, the different layouts and stuff. I'm like, oh, shit. It's like the inside of a CD cover. That's exactly it. I hadn't put that together. But yeah, you're 100 percent. Right. I, I just did as Nolan was talking about. So, Nolan, let's jump over to you real quick, because you mentioned this before we got going. What? Because you said you had some hangups, too. Yeah, and again, it's not negative. Uh, the the art style, the lettering, and stuff like that. Um, it it sets the tone for what it's going to be right right in your face. Um, and my first experience was it was actually just their website and uh, the the Merkborg.com. It it scrolls really well. Uh, the style is neat, but it, it right in bold on two mouse wheels down. It says a doom metal album of a game. A spiked flail to the face. Light on rules. Heavy on everything else. Winner of seven innies. I mean, and so it's one of those things of like, yeah, this is what it is. It, it's like, oh, it's going to be that kind of ride. Um, so I, I did have a little bit of a difficulty like jumping between fonts and stuff like that. Um, but that's, you know, like I said, that's probably just me being a little bit older. Um, once I got to the, I mean, it is rules light, but once I got to the crunchy stuff, that stuff was really easy to read and really easy to follow, and they do a good job with it. It's just some of the loud stuff for flavor. I was like, wait, what is that word? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, especially as you look at the different fonts. Like, even on uh, the title page where it says Morkborg, that is really difficult to read Morkborg at that point. Just the different font that they used. Yeah, Um, maybe by design. mm -hmm. Oh, I think it's absolutely by design, 100%. So I will say when I was in um, journalism school and we were talking about doing different layouts for newspapers, one of the things that they would chastise you is if you use too many fonts on a layout because Mm -hmm. it does confuse the the reader and it makes it difficult for you to switch between the different fonts. And so, Nolan, I think you pegged it right there because I was trying to figure out why I was having difficulty with it. Because I was enjoying what I was reading. That wasn't the issue. It was, why am I struggling with this? And I think you just nailed it. I think it's the the fonts. And that's, uh, again, like I said, I've got two little ones. And so like any kind of background noise with them, stuff like that, I found myself getting a little bit lost. So once I was able to find uh, a little quiet place and get used to it, it was a little bit easier to read. And the layout of it is each page is, you can really digest each page at a time. And I didn't have an issue with that either. And that's kind of how I eventually took it with the PDF style of, the way that I read it, I just, instead of having like two or three on a page, I made sure I was able to focus on just one and just digest it as it was. was. So it's, other than that, it is a lot of fun. The other experience that I had with it when I was just kind of looking at, like basically trying to how to pronounce some stuff, um, I happened to stumble upon their uh, Twitter page. And for their New Year's thing, since it is New Year's, it says, we realize that some people playing Merkborg uh, are, are, are doing it to have fun and that they currently form a majority of people playing this game. In 2022, we aim to fix that. You're supposed to be able absolutely hopelessly miserable. Come on, people. So that, that, that's the oh, type of game that's it is. Awesome. They're having fun with it. Um, and it is. It, it is a doom and gloom, sad sack kind of game. And uh, like Zach said, when your first pages are, here's how you, this is how you're going to die. It's coming soon. You're like, wait, what am I in? So I, I've never played the game. You guys have never played the game amazingly, I was able to find somebody locally who has played this game. Which blew me away. It is my son. It's your son, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so I got the book for Christmas because although Free League did send us this PDF, uh, I wanted the book because I... I like books. Uh, and not only that, the book is relatively inexpensive. I think it costs like $24. Now it's mm-hmm. not a big, big bulky book. Like you see with most RPGs, this is a very small book. Yeah. I forgot my copy upstairs. It's a very small book. And I think it maxes out at like 94, 95 pages. I know mm-hmm. that 
I could sit, I sat down at like Saturday morning and now I had been kind of looking through the book already just to familiar, familiarize myself, but I sat down Saturday morning and read it cover to cover. It wasn't a big deal. And I was going to say, there's a lot of things that are, some pages are just pictures. And then right. there are some pages that I think you'd be hard pressed to find a hundred words on. Yeah. Some are right. just lists. Exactly. And some of them I, are just lists that you can just skip over unless you want to read the absolute ridiculousness of those lists. I'm, I'll gush about the weapons list. Maybe when we well, talk about character. Yeah, creation, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Um, um, but yeah, so I talked to Aiden. I said, so because he had told me he'd played the game. He was really excited when he saw that I got it. He's like, oh, my God, we have to play that. And I said, so tell me what, you know, what did you enjoy about it? And he says, you know, there's something kind of freeing when you sit down to play a game, knowing your character is going to die. It's how amazing are you going to die? He said, so there wasn't this, oh my gosh, I don't want to die. I, it's like, oh no, I want to die. I want a very glorious death and I'm going to do everything I can. He goes, and sometimes it was really hard to get there. Really? He said he had so much fun just doing the stuff and, and using the omens and all the different things that you can with character creation. Um, he said it was an absolute thrill ride. And he said he thinks it would be a lot better to play with more experienced players because there was like the DM who was running. It was his first time running a game um, right. and it was some of the players first times playing a game. He's like and he actually mentioned he goes, I would love to sit down with 307 RPG and play this game He's because like, I think you guys would be a freaking riot to play with. So he loves the game. He thinks it's wonderful and he thinks everybody should play it. I will say that um, just another kind of first impression there, it really, uh, it changed my uh, opinion on writing a book. Some of the places and stuff like that that they did, like I always think about like, oh, well, this is like when I'm writing stories, like, well, this is the major town and this is the tavern and this is this and this is this. You know, and you get down to the little minute details here, they give you like a page with like a little bit of a theme and maybe a paragraph or two of this dark, horrible place and kind of what's happening. And that's it. Uh, and it's such a like, oh, like, you know, my mind instantly, like I saw the picture, I read a little bit about it and I was like, oh, and you could do this and this and this. It tells you just enough to like kind of light that flame of creativity without telling you how it's supposed to be ran. And it, it really altered like if I'm going to, if I'm going to make a world or something like that, like you could get by with just doing bullet points and let the DM and the players make the world. You don't have to tell them how to play in this game. Like, and, and that was a really cool thing. Like each little page that I read, I was like, oh, that place sounds really terrible. And this could happen and this could happen, this could happen. And then I read the next thing and I was like, oh, that place sounds really terrible. And this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. And so it's, it's really simplistic and in a standpoint of they don't try and get in the way they leave. It's like a good horror, right? Versus showing you how they die, you die off screen and it, your mind makes it so much worse. And it's just mm -hmm. really well done. I really enjoyed that part. And I didn't expect to, like, I was like, wait, I'm already onto a new topic. Like, why is this happening? And I was like, oh, wow, this is, that part's done. If your players end up there, get ready to be creative. So I, I want to give an example uh, of what Nolan's talking about. So if you don't have the book and you have the PDFs, this is page nine, right? On page nine, it has two different cities. Now, I don't know how to pronounce the land. I'm going to say TV land because that just seems appropriate. <laughs> I'm saying it wrong. I know it. But this is the very first city that they're talking about. It's called Galgenbeck. And the land of TV land is the greatest city that ever was. No king or queen rules in Galgenbeck, but an archpriestess, Yusilfa Meagle. Deep beneath the cathedral of the two-headed basilisk, which the two-headed basilisk is like a big thing in, in throughout Merkborg. In a cool black chamber crossed by shards of light lies her throne, Yusilfa Old but still young, commoners gossip that she colludes with the god of Necrobol, who gave her eternal life. Necrobol, the shadow that covers all. Necrobol is melancholy, crop failure, conflict, and war. It is said he whispered the apocalyptic prophecy in Virhu's ear. That's it. That's the whole description of this city. I don't need to know anything else. It's like, oh, okay, this is a fucked up little town that's ruled by this high priestess that is being, you know, whispered by this horrible god. Great. What kind of madness can we create and and i i really enjoy that I, I just think it's cool and it does go on to talk about other cities and that's kind of like your first five or six pages right yeah it gives you yeah. a quick little idea of what's going on around the world uh, even the map is pretty hardcore uh it could very much be a again a metal album cover in itself 
the world is not, I mean, this is kind of what's it, right? Like that's all, everything has failed. Good has lost the day. The only people left are the people that are horrible and awful enough really to survive. And uh, we're just kind of waiting out for the end of days because this is it. We're about ready to break off into the endless sea. Doom is nigh. Good luck on your final days. Hope it's great. We keep talking about uh, metal. In you know, obviously we're referencing the music metal. Uh, they even mentioned that this is like playing through a metal album. This is like playing through a black metal album, uh, death metal, black metal, whichever. And, and you have to think the most hardcore extreme metal that you would ever listen to, right? So they, there is a section in the very, very beginning of the book that they list that says music that helped. Did you guys see this? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read these. I've never heard of these bands. Um, maybe some of you have. The first is it's Ashborer. Batushka, Bellwitch, Belzelbong, Black Tremor, Bong Ripper, Bongzilla, Cathedral, Conan, Dark Buddha Rising, Dark Throne, Dump, sorry, I'm butchering this, Domcraft, Dragged into Gunlight, Dodrift, Earth, Electric Wizard, I Hated, I Hated God, E-Y-E, Hated God. Or I hate God. Sorry, Noel. Uh, Godspeed, you. Uh, Black Emperor, KTL, Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastard. That's a <laughs> that's a hell of a band name right there. Mayhem. I've heard of Mayhem. Finally, a, a band that I've heard of. Monolord, Morbid. I've heard of Morbid. Merg, uh, Furpa, Primitive Man, Prophetus, Shadowmaster, Sleep, Slomatic Sun, The Body, The Gift Is a Curse. Thou, Tiamat, I've heard Tiamat. Well, of course I've heard of Tiamat. We all have. Euphemat, Urfaust, Weed Eater, and With the Dead. I've, I mean, aside of, aside from Mayhem, which if you know any history of black metal, you know that name. I really haven't heard of any of these. Have you guys? You can find a lot of them on Spotify. I bet you, you can be ready for a doom metal experience, but I bet you can. <laughs> I love it. But that's one of the things that I really liked about this is like, okay, I'm not even three pages in and they're like, here, here's some influence for you. Hopefully you can understand the lyrics, but here's some influence for you. Here's something you can check out and just kind of get the theme for this game. Anyway, I backtracked there. Sorry. No, that's a should. No, I, I good. I think the theme and the world building is really, really important and i think like the succinctness with which this book gives away like gives the impression of how it's going to be is incredible because they do in 93 pages what a lot of books can't do in 200 i agree um and i think it's because they kept it simple they kept it simple well and and again part of that too of you're not going to make a, a character with three pages of backstory um, no, b- because you are close to dying at any given moment. That's most likely going to happen. So you don't need a, a Tolkien uh, genealogy of Aragorn because who gives a shit? Exactly. And I, I guess like still talking about the lore, the world, I had kind of worried that maybe a world this doomed, this dark would give the impression that this is going to attract some sociopaths. Who are going to use this, like, who are going to use Morkborg to play out their own disgusting fantasies and use that, like, and use the collaborative nature to, like, trap people at the table and make them live out their own disgusting nonsense? You can read stories about that on the internet. Yeah. But, like, that happens with every game. It does. But you can understand that, like, how Warhammer kind of ended up attracting some of those people like Warhammer, like the fantasy role-playing game. I don't get that impression despite the doom and the, and the gloom. And I think it's one of those things where like the world is so screwed that there's no fun in being disgusting. I was going to say, why don't we just kind of go through the book? Um, So we have like up to page 15 is, is the world, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all the different aspects of the world. And like we said, it's really short. Each place is really e- quick to cover with great artwork depicting the, that area. After that, you kind of get into some GM stuff like the calendar of Necrobol. Uh It says the world trembles. One can feel it, feel it in ways sharp and subtle, mysterious and clear. One by one, inevitable events demand their place. 
So this is like at the beginning of the game, right? The GM has to roll on this table. And uh, this each is, dawn. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Each, each dawn. dawn. Yeah. So then you decide how long you want your campaign to take place. And based upon how long you want your campaign to take place, uh, how big of a dice you're going to roll. Yeah. And the party has to agree on it. And and this is a role that could very easily in the game. It could. Yes. <laughs> Which just cracks me up. So. <laughs> is it is there one that instantly ends or is it yes. after all six it, days are done, then it ends? It is, but it's a joke. Um, so okay. for the people who are listening, um, the party, everyone at the table agrees on a dice. You roll that dice and if it comes up one then the GM rolls a D66. They roll two D6s. And the number that they get determines what happens that day. Um, And if you roll a 77, then the game ends and you have to burn the book. Yeah, it says 77. The seventh misery will always be 7-7. The world finally dies. The seventh seal is broken for the seventh and final time. The game ends. Your lives end here. Burn the book. Burn the book. Which, I mean, I love the fact that they accept their own craziness, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I totally misunderstood that one. So my I understanding mean, I know that you can't it, actually it, roll a 77. Right. So the the so but if I you feel- get a if you get a one on the roll, then you roll the D6, and one of the six signs of the appending apocalypse happens after right. all six dooms happen the seventh one finally happens and that's always the end of the game yeah so you Which are is awesome on bad rolls or good rolls depending on it is you might only have six days to play and on day seven yep. it's over yeah and so when you decide that kind of thing it does say like years of pain roll a d100 a bleak half year roll d20 uh, a fall in anguish, D10, a cruel month, D6, or the end is nigh, D2, which you could probably do for uh, like a one-shot. Yeah. So yeah, listen, guys, the game's going to be in, over at the end of this, so go ham, let's have fun. Yeah, yeah, let's see what happens. Here's your four characters. Let's see how the last week of the apocalypse goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's how the game starts, right? That's how you start each day, which, I mean, immediately lets you realize that your chance of dying today is pretty freaking high. So then we get into weapons, which I know, Zach, there was a couple of weapons that you were like, oh, 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 oh. Uh, so, and I love the. F- oh, sorry, Nolan, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, as far as dice rolls, uh, things in here, what do we need for dice? I, I know that we need the D20 to do most of the systems. It looked like there was a few charts that had D6s and D12s. Um, so you're, standard- you're going to want your standard role playing dice. Standard stack of D and D dice. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it looks like there's D six. I've seen D six, D eight, D twelve, D ten, D fours. So everything. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We need. I I don't know if I've seen a D twelve. Oh I, yeah. I just there is on the age uh, nineteen start starting equipment. Oh okay. See, so you're gonna need yeah yep. twenty twelve uh, two tens eight six. And just four. your full set. I mean that's that but that's it right to play this mm-hmm. game. Twenty four dollars for the book. 11 to $14 for a set of dice. And unless if you're buying a brand new set. So if you're just getting into role-playing and this is the game you want to play 38 to 40 bucks, we'll say $40 because you're going to make some copies of character sheets, maybe um, 48 mm-hmm. bucks and you got or $40 and you are completely set to play this game. That's a really low barrier to entry to get into role-playing games. Agreed. Um, and I know if you go to morkborg.com, um, they have some rules reference sheets you can download. They have character sheets you can download. There is some form fillable stuff. There is uh, some dungeon stuff, labyrinth things. I mean, and they're all just kind of some monster approaches. They have a pretty good section of just downloadable stuff in English and Swedish. Awesome. All right, let's talk weapons. So about page 20, that's when the weapons start. And it starts with the most basic weapon you can grab. A femur. A femur. And which does D4 damage, by the way. I there's. And since everyone basically starts with maybe eight health. That's significant. Like, it's significant. You're two rolls away from being dead. Yeah, the there's no list of weapons. Instead, there's just three pages of artwork. Oh, I love right after the femur is like the damage chart. And I love this is a wonderful way to depict a damage chart. Yep. 
page two is the second artwork is just a human body and the list of weapons are all the different weapons that have impacted this person. Yep. And it tells you what damage that they do. And then it tells you what damage. Yep. It's, it's great. And I think a lot of the things are really basic. I'm glad that they added a lot like a variety, even though, I mean, everything basically deals a D4 or D6. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some stronger weapons like the, the Zweihander deals a D10 damage, which is enough to kill basically everything with one hit. Well, when you're swinging but a two-hander, why wouldn't it, right? Yeah, but you can't use a shield. You can't use a scroll. It, yeah, so page, page three of the weapon shows you, like, I think the two most powerful weapons, which is a mace and the Zweihander. Yep. The mace does D8, the Zweihander does D10, as Zach said, which is absolutely devastating. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I your health is determined by your toughness, and then you roll a D8. A crossbow does D8 as well. So, yeah, and so, and the max a toughness can be is three. So you might have 11 health. Nolan, was there any weapons? You're a weapons guy. Was there any weapon that you saw in here and thought, oh, oh, oh that's cool? You know, I think the, the the fun thing for me on it, and again, we had kind of mentioned a few times of they, they enjoy it, and while it is dark, um, it's also fun. Uh, on the weapons tab, it lets you know how much these things cost if you want to buy one and upgrade a weapon. And for the record, a femur is worthless. <laughs> and it just cracked me up like yeah that's fucking awesome it is it's yeah. like you just walk around and go oh look a femur better than nothing better than nothing it is it is um i know as we get into some of the the character stuff and your abilities um i i actually enjoyed the randomness of your abilities um and i also enjoyed the fact that you could level down which <laughs> also yeah. was like wait what <laughs> so yeah you absolutely could so they talk about when your abilities you have agility presence strength and toughness uh roll 3d6 and using the table depending on what you come up with you either have a minus three upwards of a plus three so that's kind of that's it it's random here's your agility here you go oh you might have a minus two to your agility which is you know your defense uh your balance your swimming your ability to flee uh then it kind of lets you know difficulty ratings for the tests um six is so simple people laugh at you for failing up to an 18 which should not be possible and it's again something super simple i mean it is it really is to a point where if we were doing like a long campaign and and you wouldn't do this one in here you know but like in D D, if this was the type of thing and i had a minus three on my character that i was going to be for like three years you know this isn't a hero fantasy right you're not going to grow old or save the world um so it really lets you fall into that fact of like you know, a stiff wind could kill me because I have a minus three on my toughness and I have one hit point. It's not going to be long. Get ready for said uh, Bob's cousin Rob is now my new character. So. Exactly. Yeah. And and I like, like, so as you get to page 26, Nolan, that's where we talk about, like you said, the abilities. I like how quickly they explain tests and how to do them. It's do we not want to talk about that now? I mean, we could. We're just... I mean, this is just an overview, so we can just uh, cycling through the just yeah, scrolling just through the cycling. package. Right. So, I mean, I like the fact that it's like roll a d20 and plus or minus your ability to see if you actually succeed. And I thought that was really cool because it's so simple. And for those listening, the DM never rolls. They never right. roll. The, here's the goblin. The goblin attacks you with a short bow. You know, the goblin's going to roll d4, and that's going to be the damage that will be dealt to you. Instead, the players are the one who rolls offense and defense. So when you want to attack the goblin, you roll a d20. Um, the difficulty rating starts at 12. You might have things that increase or decrease that, but you're the one who rolls. And then let's say you hit, you roll damage. Now it's the goblin's turn. You roll defense. It starts at 12. You roll a d20, and it succeeds. You don't take any damage. That's it. You do get hit. Uh, every Depending on what armor you're you're wearing, you have a dice, you roll it, and you decrease the damage by that much. So I think the DM only rolls when things basically go wrong. Right. Other than that, it's it's just that simple. And I'm a really big fan of this kind of thing, um, where all the information that you need is on your sheet. You, you never have to ask, you know, hey, does a 17 hit? Uh, I rolled a 17 on my dexterity saving throw does that succeed and the dms be like well no that doesn't succeed because it's a dragon so 
Now I'm going to roll some damage. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to need... There's none of that. You, just, you roll a d20. Oh, I rolled a six. Like, I cannot succeed on this test. So I guess I'm... Uh, that's my turn. Right. It's And I think for a pace of play... Um... Still gives you the opportunity to roll some dice, which I think is the fun part of these tabletop games. But for the most part, it's pace of play and telling a good story. And we've seen that a few times now with these uh, rules light. Uh, this is kind of what happens. Roll a dice, quick success, quick fail. Let's move on and tell the story. Yeah, which we really experienced with Monster of the Week, right? Mm-hmm. And Nolan, you, you've actually, and I know this is sidetrack us, so I won't go too deep into this. You got to play it and you were impressed by you were able to move through it quickly. Well, and and I will say like, there are times where you can be flowing in combat um, in like our 5e game and things are moving and this is happening and I've got my turn set up and blah, blah, blah. And then something happens completely altered, alters the, the situation and you go to the next person. The person's like, well, what I was going to do doesn't work. And now you're like three and a half minutes in of them trying to figure out what they're going to do now that the landscape's changed and everything just kind of, just yeah, kind of bogs down. And you're just like, Okay, so it really takes the moment out. People get distracted. You get lost in the this high, intense moment. All of a sudden, everybody's just like, okay, like waiting, waiting, waiting. And so just that thing of like, boom, I rolled, this happened, next. Boom, this happened. Or like it just keeps you in the game. Yep. So we get to page 28, which is the only piece of artwork that I thought, although it's appropriate for the game, it just didn't flow with me for creative reasons. We had some really cool, like almost medieval style looking artwork. And then we have a human heart or a sheep's heart. Picture I don't know. of a human heart. It's yeah. not, it's not drawn It's a picture. Right. And, and I've seen this, like uh, I, there's some industrial music that I listen to uh, in particular a band called Wump's cut where I've seen stuff like this, where it's like everything is following a theme. And then you flip that one inside of the CD cover and you're like, what the hell that's, I mean, right. it's appropriate, but it doesn't flow. So that's what that's that was my first thought when I saw this um, page 28 is your hit points. And like Zach said, it's your toughness plus a D8. <laughs> You'll never start with zero, but at worst, it'll be one. Right. So if you have a negative three toughness and you roll a one, you're not instantly right. starting a new character. You have one. <laughs> hit point. I mean, you are, but you're not. Technically, right. yes. The wind's going to blow and you're going to roll Bob. <laughs> You're going to have a crossbow and hope you don't get a splinter. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> a misfire kills you. Yeah. So then we get into violence, which, I mean, let's face it, that's probably what you're going to be doing the most in this game. And I, I was really struck by the initiative system and how simple it is. It's like roll a d6, one to three, the enemy goes first, four, five, and six, the PCs go first. And then you have to kind of get into that after, because it's agility plus d6 to see which one within the P- the PCs go first. But that's pretty easy. That's pretty easy. Honestly, I might just ask, I might just let them decide who goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Or maybe they're like, like I, you know what, Rob, you can go first, and then Bob, you're going. Yeah, in fact, I might just be like, hey guys, you you sat down at the table in this way, we're just going left to right. And it, and it just depends, too, on the moment, right? Sometimes that everybody's acting at once. Who wants to get it started? Other times, if it's like, you know, you get a situation where, like, I'm going to kill the goblin, and Zach wants to stop the goblin. I'm just like, well, I'm going first. And you're like, well, that's not, you know. So sometimes you would use it, for sure. Yeah, I, I can I can yeah. understand. Like, I think that it, it sounds a little weird of, like, roll a d6, then everyone else rolls a d6, but it sounds really easy. It is. Yeah, I think I think it's super easy. Uh, page 31, we get into like restoring your hit points, which and I guess this is almost I feel like this is kind of in true free league fashion. Unless you are able to completely successfully rest in a safe place, you are not getting all your hit points back. I think you roll mm-hmm. a D2. <laughs> uh, it's a D4. Uh, catch your breath, have okay. a drink, restore D4 hit points. A full night's sleep restores D6 without food or drink. No hit point is restored when resting. Uh, and after two days, a starving PC loses 44 hit points. <laughs> so they just screw you over. And I will say, um, too, you know, we kind of, we, we move through it. Zach has mentioned a little bit here, you know, if for 5e people or, you know, the, kinds of the AC, your DR, it's always 12. So if you're doing something, that pace picks up quite a bit. When you die and go unconscious, like the becoming broken, uh, different things happen in this fashion of like, basically it's going to get worse. So it really ties into that. You're going to go 
south quickly if you don't do something. I I will say uh, a little bit back there in that thing, the crit and fumble for uh, nat 20s and yeah. critical failures and ones, I really enjoyed that list. It's one of the better ones that I have seen uh, in a long time for just a, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's super simple, like from a standpoint of like something good or something bad, here's what it is, and then roll. And I thought that was like, cast your own fate. Yes. Getting into the math really quickly. So when you roll a d20, uh, every number has a 5% chance of coming up. So a lot of games start with a 10, meaning you have a 55% chance of success, right? Because if 11 up is 50%, so starting at 10, a nice round number, that's 55. Right. This, this one is starts at 45? Yeah, it's like, what, 45%? So it's a- it's a 45% chance of success yeah. unmodified. You just roll right. the D20. What a subtle and very insidious way of mechanically displaying how screwed you are. Yeah. Everything like it's just it's just a s- small change. They could have made it 11, so it would be a 50-50, but they didn't. They did put it just on the other cusp of that of putting you at a disadvantage. Right numeric like i i love this kind of shit and it's zach yeah. is always for anything that's going to give them a disadvantage well I, it's one thing to be like hey guys like this is hard you know and you shouldn't take it easy and it's another to be like no 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 we're going to intentionally make it just five percent harder on you right so we're getting at this point so that's that's kind of the the, the weapons <laughs> and the character creations yeah. like that right I would say the the reaction thing right below the rest as well. When meeting a creature and you don't know where it is or how they're going to act, roll 2d6 and that's like, it's one of those things of like, hey, you meet this PC. Is he a nice guy? I'm like, I don't know. Let me see. Wow, he brandishes a knife and tries to stab you because I rolled a two and his first instinct is to kill you. Or there's a goblin in the middle of the road. Are we going to kill it or whatever? And you look at it and you roll and he's helpful. And he waves at you first. And that seems really weird. And so it's like, I don't know. I, I just like the, again, the chaos. Like, right, as a DM, you're just like, yep, I'm going to put these things in here. I don't actually know what's going to happen yet. Um, and I don't know how they're going to react. But here's the thing. This is going down. Well, and so staying with that, that, that same page, they talk about morale, uh, which I thought this was really interesting, too, because like in D&D, we fight to the very end, right? In this game, no, they say most enemies are not going to fight to the last drop of blood. So you're supposed to roll if the leader dies, roll if the group is under half, roll if a single enemy only has a third of their hit points left. Uh, so there's there's a chance for the monster to be like, nope, I'm going to run or throw down their sword and say, I quit. Because there's a then you would make a roll to see if they flee or surrender. So I, I, I actually really like that, too, because in reality, why would a monster fight to the death every single time? There's going to be that chance where the monster's like, screw you, I'm running. Yeah, and I think that adds a thing to the game where, again, we can in, take this to your other games, look at the creature's intelligence, see if it is a thing that would very quickly, you know, you could roll an intelligence check and be like, this is going south fast. I'm leaving now. Um, or a coward check or, you know, all those kind of things. So bring that stuff into your game of like, you do have a group of goblins and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you you know, I took out the wizard and all of a sudden the goblins drop their their weapons and give your players a thing of like, well, they're unarmed. What are you going to do? What do you do? Yep. So I, I, I do think there's a lot of stuff that you can take to different games as well. So although we haven't really dove into character creation or anything, um, at this point it does talk about, like in the book, it does talk about how to improve your character. And, and yeah, improve, improve. air quotes. And the <laughs> first thing that struck me was the very first thing they talk about was, which is getting more hit points. And I thought this was a really interesting. So you roll 60, 10. If the result is equal to or greater than your current maximum hit points, you go up by a D6. Mm-hmm. So there is no guarantee of hit point increase as you get better. And yeah, like I Nolan, think you get to a point where it is, you, you can get to a point where you're kind of, I mean, yeah, if you're you as good as you're going to get for hit yeah. points. Yeah. If you survive to the point that you have 60 hit points, you're just done. You're not getting any more hit points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then you talked about Nolan about how uh, there's a chance that your abilities can go up or down. And that's, this is where, where you would do that. So at this point, it's up to the game master to decide if the character should be improved. Right. So, and it's just like a warding experience. All right, guys, well, you survived this scenario. Let's go ahead and improve your character. Improve air quotes here. So then you would go through this whole thing of uh, like, did you find anything? Well, no, you didn't. Or yeah, you found some silver or or sacred scroll. Did your abilities change? I don't know. Let's roll and see what happens. Uh, Well, guess you got dumber because your intelligence just went down. (laughs) You know, things Uh, like that. It it actually is really easy. You go down your four uh, stats, you know, strength, agility, perception, toughness, whatever those four are. You roll a d6. If it's higher, it goes up by one. If it's lower than your score, it goes down by one. If you have... I think it's only only if you roll a one that it goes down. So it's it's results below the ability decrease it by one. But if your ability is a negative, then um, it always goes up by one. Unless you roll a one. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was reading no. abilities from negative one to or negative three yeah. to plus one. I should have read up above that. Sorry. So if your ability is negative one, you roll a d6. If it's two up, it goes up to zero. If you roll a one, it goes down to negative two. Right. If your ability was plus two, you roll a d6 and it's three, then it goes up by one. You roll a d6 and it's one. It goes, or it's two, it goes down to one. Right. Which is so really simple. Eventually, really simple. all your characters could be just one across the board. Um, mm-hmm. And the odds at least are in your favor to at least get to that point. Right. Right. We did talk uh, quickly about what you could find in the debris. And it does go into powers a little bit. And, and I was looking at, there's charts that you would roll on you roll a d10 to see what like uh, unclean scroll or sacred scroll that you can get and <laughs> i don't know if you guys saw for unclean scroll if you roll a 10 all creatures within 30 feet lose a total of 4 d10 hit points mm-hmm. it's like well you're all dead and it seemed like uh, an unclean scroll uh tends more towards the arcane side of destruction uh, sacred scroll leads more towards the divine side of helping right yeah. And uh, I mean, if we're on powers, yeah. So I think every scroll has a specific effect that you roll for. And then every morning you roll a D4, you add your presence. That's how many times you can use a scroll. You right. can't use a scroll if you're wearing heavy armor. And then you have to make a presence check to see if you cast. If you fumble, if you roll a one on that presence check, uh, you're going to die, basically. The DM decides what happens, but they have a list of things that's supposed to happen and they're nasty. So then we get into some optional rules and I was going to skip over these real quick because you may or may not want to use them. Optional rules will give you like little things like I almost felt like merits and flaws from vampire here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some things are going to be helpful. Some things are not going to be helpful. I feel like you'd want to play with omens. That sounds like you really do, too. And, and, and the way that I took it as is if you're sitting down on a convention and you're going to play this real quick, you skip these to get into the game faster. Sure. Yeah. I if you're going to play at your table and you want a little bit of story and a little bit of character flavor, then yeah, you know, then go for it. So you have t- omens, terrible trait, broken body and bad habits, right? Yeah. Another one of those pages where it was like, wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. I had to read that one. And then I love troubling the page for page 42. We're talking about troubling. It says a whole group can share the same backstory or groups within a group can share a tale or the GM can quickly give history to a seemingly seemingly mundane character tales. This is beautiful. I love this. Roll a D20 or throw a knife at the page to the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it just cracked me up when I read that. Like again, I and I said this to you guys before, or I said it yesterday. There was multiple times where I literally laughed out loud as I was reading this book because it just struck me as hilarious. And of course, this you know chart lists 20 horrible ways that your character is being tormented. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of them aren't too bad. Your flesh heals twice as fast, but your companion's twice as slow. You see <laughs> a many-eyed guardian angel. So Seems good to me. Ugh. Sorry about your luck. Right. Our t- our, so we have Arcane, Catastrophes, and then we finally get into the optional classes, uh, which, and I should mention, you can create your own here. 
you don't have to use the classes that are in this book. You can just create your own character because there are some rules on how to do that. Yeah, there's class act agnostic rules where you right. don't have some of these class special abilities, um, but you get more omens. You get more chances to affect your dice rolls. Right. And we're not going to go over this in detail because we are going to do that probably next week where we're actually going to talk about the character classes and build a character. But it does, you know, list the different character classes that you can build from the fanged ones to gutterborn scum. I really like the esoteric uh, hermit. I thought that was a cool one. And there's what? Six. Different classes. Six, yep. Yeah. And you can just roll a D6. It encourages right. you to do so. So then we're getting into creatures, which the artwork on the creatures is terrifyingly beautiful, uh, which really album song. Yeah, which really goes well with the flow of the book. Uh, the lich is just horrible. <laughs> and I think with this type of game too, um, just from the from the class standpoint of show up at the table with your homebrew. Like, who cares? You're going to die soon. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like sometimes it's like, oh, well, this character is highly overpowered. Here it's really hard to be highly overpowered because you're set to fail. And you could get really dark or really crazy. It really opens itself up to just just make some weird, interesting, messed up stuff uh, and throw it at the table. And, and who knows? You might live a couple extra days longer if it's, air quotes, broken or has something. But we're all going to die. So go nuts with character creation. So if you're a GM or if you're a character or if you're a player, that's that's it, right? You don't need any more to know about this book. That is all you need to create a character, to have your omens, whatever you need to sit down and play. And as the GM, you can read about the the, the different cities. Then you can read the monsters because um, there's even ways to do that. That's really all you need to play this game, right? Uh-huh. Obviously, if you're new to Merc- Merkborg and you want to like not create your own adventure, just, oh gosh, the Lady Porcelain doll is just terrifying to look at. Oh, and the lore behind them is just disgusting. I know. <laughs> it's everything that I'm afraid of when it comes to porcelain dolls. Then you get into, like, uh, it's right around page 74. You get into a pre-written adventure. It's a dungeon crawl, an introductory dungeon crawl for Merkborg, the Shadow King's Lost Air, or Rot rot Black Sludge. And that's it. That's, that's the book. book. So now that we've talked about the book as a whole, obviously next week we're going to build characters. Nolan, we're going to start with you here. First thoughts are, what are your thoughts on this game? Would you recommend it? Would you play it? I'd definitely give it a shot. Don't know if it fits something that I would want to do a lot of, um, but it is a game that I would like. You're in in between campaigns. You want to try something out that's quick and easy. You still want to get together, uh, play for a little while. I would be down for. And most of it is just because of my style of fantasy. I like a character with a backstory. I like long live. And I also... I tend to lean towards playing a hero character. Like, I like high fantasy. I enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, the doom and gloom and depression of vampire gets to me after a while. This one here, I don't think would... I, your character dies real quick and you make a new character. That's kind of fun. But, again, as far as just overall... I Yeah, I'd play it in small doses, I think, just from looking at it. And who knows? Actually sitting down and playing, it might be the greatest thing I've ever been a part of and never want to play another high fantasy again. So looking forward to the day where we run an encounter or maybe a small adventure in it. Zach, same question. Well, I got a lot of thoughts on it. So I'll just go from like through, I'll go through the book and just let you kind of know. The lore is great. This is, and I know this is going to get thrown around, this is the dark souls of RPGs. And I don't just mean in like the difficulty of it or the challenge, but in that the lore itself is obscure and open to interpretation. And this is great for the DM because it allows them to put, you know, any kind of thing in there. Uh, it lets them decide, hey, maybe this is going to be about the end of the world. Maybe it's just going to be about surviving. Um, the mechanics are so easy to learn. You roll a d20 and you add your stat. Is it above 12? You succeed. Oh, this is a troll. So it starts at 10. Oh, okay. That was easy. Leveling up. It all makes sense. I think it's very, very freeing. And I don't know, but I don't know if you could play this kind of game in not Merkberg. I think you kind of need it. You need to be in this world that they have invented with doom and gloom and knowing that the apocalypse is coming because there's no, it's freeing to know that the world is about to end. Because the world can't get 110% annihilated. If you're already doomed, then nothing you do matters. So it's okay if your character dies. 
But could you imagine like putting this in like the Forgotten Realms? It just wouldn't work as well. Because it's like, right. well, why are we playing if we're just going to die? It's just a misery simulator. But in this, the world is miserable. So it's kind of okay. Yeah, go are there out some and things, enjoy it. Are there some things I would change? Yeah. If we were playing, I would make leveling up resource-based. You have to pay to level up. And then I think you should have to pay per resource. You want to level up your toughness? You Pay me 50 silver and then roll. And then, and then we'll see if you level up or not. And the just, only complaint I have about the book, honestly, is that it does not have any suggestions on how to actually put an adventure together. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because Free League has an entire book in the Simbroom Game Master's Guide, which is just about putting together an adventure. It's not that they can't do it, it's that they chose not to. And so I think it's one of those things where if you're a first-time DM, I don't know if you should play this game. Because... Because there's a lot of like, okay, how do I put an adventure together? Like, there's no rules for putting an adventure. There's no rules of like, hey, roll to see if you guys find a temple. Okay, you did. Roll presence to see if you guys find treasure. Okay, well, you did, but I'm going to roll to see if you guys fight monsters. Oh, look, there's 10 goblins. So roll new characters. I think it requires a little bit of being inundated in tabletop RPGs to get this game. If you haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, if you haven't played Vampire the Masquerade, if you haven't played Simbaroom, I think you're going to have a bad time. But I think if you stuck with it, and later on, if you changed who was the DM every time, and everyone got a chance to go, and everyone made characters, I think after a couple months, this would be the only game you'd want to play. That's kind of a bold statement, don't you think? I, I think that this is so rules light, but so fun, that I think this could be the only game that people play. Interesting. I wouldn't suggest it, but also, is this a work of art? Yes, but it's also a a product, a commercial product. And for twenty five bucks, you get a book that's just great. So I, I'm on Drive Through RPG at the moment, just kind of checking it out because I went to um, a Free League's website just to see what was available for Merkborg. And there's two items: the the Ferratory and the the book, the core rule book. That's it. it. Uh, Drive Through RPG character sheets, and then either English or Swedish. That's it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is absolutely a book or a game that you can get into where you're not spending hundreds upon hundreds of dollars in supplements. Right. Do you want to play as a new character? Well, like, I man, you just combine the classes. Yeah, so the the Ferratory goes into a little bit more about um, character classes created by the fans, goes into some adventures and things like that. Um, That actually might be a book worth picking up. I might end up buying that one. And I think as long as you start playing some adventures, you can start to see how the adventures are created. And I don't think it's too far from like if you're sitting down to play D&D, like if you just create a dungeon crawl, you're probably okay for Merkborg. I agree. And, I, and I'm being very general here, and hopefully I'm not insulting anybody by saying that. But no, I so think I, I think agree. when you get to the last page, it's to super easy. Run it for a bit. Even more reasons to risk your life. Roll a d12. Cool. You're at a city wall in Galbenbeck. Who contacts you? A demented elder tells you that there is a roll again. Wants you to take part in a holy mass burial. You're like, okay, that's oh really gosh. weird. Well, it's in a dungeon. What's it called? Well, we'll roll D12 twice. It is called Sin Maze. Perfect. Uh, it is inactive because the place was invaded. Uh, what's the intimate danger? Uh, it's about to collapse. I mean, so, I mean, there really is just kind of this, uh, here's some sample rules. Here's this. Roll a D12. Roll a D6. You got a little dungeon. That's cool. So yeah, they, they got some neat little hooks, and I think that kind of helps a little bit. Um, and tying into uh, content, uh, again, markborg.com backslash content, fantastic. Uh, there's uh, a Cursed Skinwalker class, which is a shape changer. There's a Pale One, uh, Dead God's Prophet, uh, Sacrilegious Songbird. So they got some more classes in there. You can just download there. Some homebrew rules for overland travel. Uh, easy prey kill rules for hunting for food or sport. Uh, also, fifty-four fully statted monsters. Uh, here's a uh, let's see the Bone Bower. Uh, 
Horrified Lurks in the Tangled Depths. Uh, and it looks like all these are downloadable as well from Merkborg.com. Unheroic Feats. Uh, and so there's a lot of content there too. So I know that there wasn't a lot there, but as you were saying, cheap to play. Here's a ton. Here's how to add okay. black powder weapons. Uh, a couple of campaigns, a couple of maps. Uh, so anyway, check that as well. So my thoughts on this game. First off, the book. I, I want to talk about the book itself because it's cheap. I think, like I said, it was like $23. Maybe you feel like as you open it, because it's like, like we said, like 96, 97 pages, not even 100 pages. It's a small book, right? It's a small size book. It's a small book. But the immediate feel is that this is a quality made book. The cover feels wonderful. Um, the pages are a great quality. I don't feel like Freely spared any expenses when they created this book, knowing that they were going to ask $25 to $30 for this book. So I don't think that any, any expenses were spared. Aside from the one human heart thing, I thought the layout was, or the the art layout was really good. I did get confused, like Nolan said, with the changing of fonts. That got me a couple times. And and I read it in the morning when I was awake by myself. And so maybe that helped me because I did have to slow down. And I, I read fairly quickly. So I had to slow down and get through it. So those are some of the challenges that I felt that I had with this book. That being said, I think the game itself sounds like an absolute blast. And I do think, like Nolan said, I don't think this is going to be a long-term campaign. I don't think this is going to be... You better not invest too much love or hope into your characters because they're not okay. going to survive more than a couple of rounds. You know, I feel kind of Call of Cthulhu-ish in that you know your character is probably going to die. That, But still, I just... I don't know. I really... I want to play this game. I think the game looks like a lot of fun and it, it could be one of those, okay, guys, we need a break from D&D. This weekend, we're just going to play Merkborg and see how it goes. So to me, I I think this is a would be a wonderful addition to anybody's RPG library. And I think this could be a lot of fun to sit down. Maybe it's your Halloween game. You know, you all get together, you know, the week of Halloween just to play this ridiculous death death metal game. Or if you're some kind of sick and twisted person, you want to do death metal at Christmas. Maybe it's your Christmas game. I don't know. But I do think, like Nolan said, this could be a really fun one shot game. And who knows? Maybe like you said, Zach, it does grow into that where this game is so easy to play and so fun. I mean, we laugh. We have a great time when we play it. That's all I want to play anymore. So I, I would highly recommend this game. Again, uh, workborg.com content, uh, just as far as some of the stuff on there, there is the uh, uh, Spimberther, Morkborg, a character generated for, says click, kill this one, boom. Name, new dick, class, glutton, scum, six hit points, have two omens. Uh, as a child, you escaped this orphanarium. Uh, Illstar smiled upon your birth. This is your class. Here's your abilities. Here's your equipment. I just have a character. Oh, he died. Kill this one. Naggle, occult herb master, hit points eight, omens two. So they have a character thing right there. Strength zero, agility zero, presence minus one, toughness three. Um, and it literally is just a random character generator for Morkborg. They also did the same thing for dungeons. Click to enter. Uh, the Dismal Mausoleum. Here's the status. Here's the danger. The walls are literally closing in. Who or what dwells here? A bark witch and her root children. Uh, what brings you here? Dreams of cube violet haunt you. This place will have clues. Here's the entrance guarded by distinctive features. Here's four rooms of stuff happening. Uh, and then the monster approaches. You click to uncrack the egg. A feral, not quite animal, with throbbing exposed glands. It's shrouded in whispering mist. More than anything, it wants to collect your eyes. Here's its hit points. Morale, unhealthy mist, meat hook. Lair, a well, impossibly deep. No abilities, no loot. And literally, like we could have, we could do this right now, uh, just off of that there. So, and, and there, sorry, go ahead. Mork, Morkborg.com slash content has a I'll, ton I'll of add ons. Show notes. And, and like, just if, from, if you don't want a character sheet, Scumberther, and it's from that um, Morkborg.com uh, slash content, Scumberther is where you can go to create a character. It, it's just, yeah, it's just a random away you go so there are some things there to help like zach was saying if you didn't know how to do it you know those there i think would be a little more for the experience of how you understand it runs but there are a bunch of free little dungeons and so i'm curious to see how they go some of the maps on there are cool in their veins or in that vein as well um so again when you're looking at these games check out their extra resources because yeah that stuff's again it's free and that's that's awesome so i think the pdf was 14 bucks 15 bucks 
So that and a set of dice and, and this guy here, he can be playing pretty quick in comparison can, to what we've seen with PHBs and monster manuals and, and character sheets and dice and all that kind of stuff. So To be fully invested in, in Merkborg at the absolute cheapest, Thirty-five or twenty-five dollars, and you can go to Drive Through RPG to get the the book, the Ferratory, and character sheets. That is the entire published content from Free League that you can get for this without going to the free website that you can get to the, for this game. Twenty-five dollars, and you have both the PDFs that you that you would want for the game, but it's only one uh-huh. that you need to play the game. And and honestly, looking at the the gosh, Nolan, I didn't even know about that website. I'm glad you found it. But looking at the website, merkborg.com slash content, it pretty much tells you how to play the game. Mm-hmm. There is a quick sheet for rules. So realistically, if your table had one person go in and pick up the book, you'd have a general idea of what it goes. And then, yeah, download some character sheets, download some rules references, uh, randomly generate a monster, randomly generate a dungeon, pick up some of these free campaigns. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Pretty cost-effective game to play. and. Pretty highly rated. I mean, the reviews for it have been fantastic. People have really enjoyed it. I think, again, it'd be a great game to cause some really fun mischief in some other games as well. Um, some of the diseases that could be really bad. Again, the, one of the scariest monsters I was telling Zach was the goblin. If it attacks you, if you don't, you know, you it, turn into hit or one. Miss. Hit or miss. Hit or, so if you all of a sudden had that kind of thing, like throw that into Forgotten Realms and watch the insanity, like all of Waterdeep has now become a goblin. Like it's like a zombie horde, right? So now they're all goblins. What a great way to destroy your world and cause issues for your players and that stuff. So I like it. I think it's a great game and I think everybody should give it a try, especially when the resources are so inexpensive to get into. So, well guys, that is going to be our show for this week. Next week, we will look at the character classes and actually build a character for Merkborg. And depending on how quickly that goes, we may even run a quick encounter just to see how things play out. Other than that, uh, do you guys have anything else before we sign off? Not for me. Well, cool. Not today. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Have a good one, everyone.